Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. Watch and listen to Higher Learning where we dissect the biggest topics in black entertainment, politics, and sports. Twice a week, we react to the most important and timely conversations, often inviting guests to offer unique perspectives. Listen to Higher Learning free only on Spotify. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Stressing up as Captain Marvel's weird. No, it's not. And it's childish, and I know that, okay? And, and let's be honest, it's not really the brown girls from Jersey City who save the world. Sure they do. You're Kamala Khan. You want to save the world, then you're going to save the world. To the Ringer Verse podcast feed, your Nexus podcast for all things fandom. I'm Joanna Robinson, and joining me now that he found a random pair of photon gloves in the hey. bathroom stall at Camp Lehigh. It's Charles Holmes. Hi, Charles. How are you? Yo, what's going on? Pew pew. <laughs> Would you, Charles, uh, take some random photon gloves home if you found them on the bathroom floor, at Camp Lehigh? Absolutely not. No joke. Here's the thing. Yeah, I'm really like I'm not fucking with the germs but now okay. so more than ever. Can I just tell you, I, I my girlfriend didn't care about this, but you are from the West Coast, correct? Correct. I need you to answer for your West Coast people, oh, okay? No. Because uh-huh. when I came to LA, I was at Star the Star Wars celebration, and there were people who were just eating their food on top of like a garbage can lid. Okay. And I was just like, I have like, what? Listen, I'm not sure you can put that in California because as you know, Star Wars Celebration is an international event. But also (laughs) at the Anaheim Convention Center, you know, you know very well that it's like catch as catch can. If you can find a service to put your weirdo nachos that you bought at the Anaheim Convention Center on, you will. So I just wanted to blame the West Coastians on Mm -mm, you guys got to do better. mm -mm. This isn't us. This isn't us. No, no, no. (laughs) Um. All right, we're here to talk about Miss Marvel episode one, a show we love, a show we're yes. thrilled to be covering. Uh, we're gonna be here every week breaking down Miss Marvel. There's a lot going on in the Ringerverse feed, though, so you're gonna see some like rotating hosts in this uh show because I think this is Charles' third Ringerverse episode this week. We've got the boys breakdown that he did with Van. Uh, got the Obi Wan instant reaction from the Midnight Boys pew pew that <laughs> dropped today, Wednesday. Mallory and I will be back on Friday to do the Obi-Wan episode four deep dive. And then I will be joining Charles and Van to talk about the boys next Monday. Hell yeah. Uh, so, you know, we're here. There's a lot going on. We're, we're going to cover it all uh, in order to make sure that you like can follow all of that. You got to hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. TikTok, especially if you want to see like what all the folks were up to at Star Wars Celebration, a lot of lightsaber 
situation. I'm not messing happening. with Jomi. Jomi no? got me got me into a lot of TikToks I didn't want to be in, you know? I feel like you're running away in most of the TikToks. I'm Charles. running away in all of them. <laughs> um, so yeah, at Ringerverse. That's the handle. Follow it. Uh hashtag save Jomi. And then last but not least, spoiler warning. What's our spoiler warning today, Charles? You and I have seen two episodes, correct? Of the show. Oh, I've only, watched seen one. One. <gasps> I've only seen one. I learned Charles from Screener so burned from Screener I got okay, so I- burned when they <laughs> sent the second one. I almost like emailed the publicist back and be like, you can take this back. Okay. I will <laughs> I don't want never betray the Midnight Writers ever again. <laughs> okay. I've seen the second episode. I promise to keep my mouth shut about it. But the thing that we can talk about is all comic book canon, right? Miss Marvel Absolutely. has had many years of of fine stories, and all of those stories that are on the page uh, are fair fair play here. So that's your warning. We're just going to cover episode one, Generation Y. It's the name of the episode. And but you know, listen, comic book stuff might sneak in there. I'm um, going to sneak in there. Okay, that's what we do. That's what we do here. All right. So this is Miss Marvel. It's six episodes, and it's going to lead into the Marvels film which is premiering July 2023, which is a while from now, but that's fine. It's fine. Leaving eventually to that. Um, This is a really interesting project because it got delayed a bunch. Um, It's also being run a little bit closer to more traditional uh, television than some of the other shows in that they have like a number of writers and a number of directors versus like the sort of movie hybrid approach they've been taking to some other other shows. I just want to ask you before we get started with anything like were you as worried as I was that this show was not going to be as good as we wanted to be oh absolutely all of the all of the rumors that were coming out was that this was a very troubled production and I believe the date was pushed back even if I remember correctly so I was just like what is going on over there and also Miss Marvel I've been telling Van this and for the longest time he didn't believe me I'm like no Miss Marvel is Kamala Khan specifically is a beloved character. So I was like, there is no way that they can mess this up. Like this is, there would be riots. Like people really, really love this character so, so, so much. Um, So yeah, I was very, very worried before Um, I watched episode one. Kamala Khan is such an interesting character because she hasn't been around that long, right? She first comics is 2014. I think she makes a Captain Marvel cameo in like 2012, but 2014, which I guess has been a while, but doesn't seem like that long ago, right? Compared to some of these like long decades long legacies. No, it seems like that we're talking years about. ago. For, for <laughs> but also yesterday. Do you know what I mean? It's true. I um, but I, I guess I'm curious, like, what's your relationship with this comic? Oh, so this would be around the time when I was eight years ago. So that means I was. Eight years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So tw- early 20s, in college, still going to the comic book store um, religiously. And around this time in Marvel Comics, every generation writers have this like eureka moment where they're like, oh my gosh, no one's reading our comics. Like kids don't <laughs> care. They're like, it's just like a bunch of like old white men like who write the comics being like, this is bad. Like there's no women superheroes or they're all like She-Hulk or Captain Marvel or they are like the side character. And I think that 
this was around the time where you were getting um, Sam as Captain America. You're getting Jamie Foster as Thor. Uh, you were getting Miles Morales, I think, was a few years before this. Yeah. And Miss Marvel was really, really interesting because Adrian Alfana was the artist on Runaways, which is one of my favorite comics of all time. I love him as an artist. So I was intrigued. But I was just like, uh, I don't know if they're going to land this. And when I picked up that first comic book, um, it was such a good origin story. Like, there are very few, like, American comics I can give to someone and be like, hey, like, this is for kids. They will love this. You don't have to know all of this history. You don't have to know anything about Captain Marvel. You could just read this. Um, mm-hmm. And I was in, a dumb kid in my 20s, and even I was still like, oh, wow, amazing. Reading is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I loved, I, I rereading uh, the first volume again. I was like, oh, still holds up. This is amazing. What about you, Joe? When did you first find out about Miss Marvel? I found out about it when it was first published. Like, I remember it was like it kicked up a big dust storm. Won a bunch of awards, was on the top of New York Times bestseller. Like, this was a huge hit for Marvel, yeah. this comic. And, like, it's such an interesting, you know, when, when you watch a company like Marvel, they hire Sanaa Manat, who is, uh, you know, one of their great editors, who is now, like, high up in Marvel Entertainment, uh, and is a co-executive producer on the show. They hired her and like with this idea of let's let's shake up our lineup <laughs> of heroes here. Let's hire someone uh, in in our editorial staff that isn't like, you know, the comic book guy from The Simpsons. And yeah. um, and so they they make this comic, Miss Marvel. They hired G. Willow Wilson to write it, as you say, Adrian Alfano um, did the line work on it. And um Ian Herring did the coloring, which is this really cool, like muted tones yeah. in those first uh, few issues there. And it was just like a, a freaking smash, you know, like a bit of a gamble. Let's create a, you know, first Muslim American hero. Um, and and it was just a smash hit. And I think I think some of those other changes in the lineup that you were talking about came after where they felt like they had permission. Like when something makes money, they're like, oh, we can do this all over the place now. Yeah, it was um, Miles Morales, then it was Kamala. And then I think they were just like, what if oh, yeah. <laughs> we do it all? And then it blew up in their yeah. face so hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but but I think it's so what's so interesting because like G. Willow Wilson and Sanaa together sort of who are both like, you know, Muslim young women uh, from New Jersey, right? Come in and create this character together. Sanaa is so involved in the issue. Like, she's doing the letter section in the back of the issues, which, like, not every editor does. Sometimes it's yeah. the writer, sometimes it's the editor. But she was, like, super involved. She's got, like, little footnotes in the comics. So to have her, like, I think G. Willow Wilson was a consulting producer on the show, but to have Sanaa as an executive producer is the closest a Disney plus Marvel show has come to the original comics creators being involved. This has been sort of like an ongoing controversy, of course, because like this idea of creating all this comic book content on the back of these comic book writers, and then sometimes not paying them, et cetera. There's been a lot of controversy around that. We saw with Hawkeye that they like hired Matt Fraction in as a consulting producer, but here's some like executive producer on the show, almost showrunner is the person who created the character in the first place. Do you feel like that comes through in this episode that you watch? Oh, I mean, absolutely. I think there's two things happening. The first thing is that I think a lot as we're getting to these characters, 
like a Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, or um, Kamala Khan, these are beloved comic book runs in a way that there was never really a beloved WandaVision comic. There's not like a beloved Falcon comic book. Like there are good comic books, but I can't point to like, hey, start volume one of Hawkeye and you're going to fall in love. Start volume one of Miss Marvel. So I think that's something that Disney is actually very aware of. They can see the book and the trade uh, sales and they're just yeah. like, no, <laughs> we're actually basing this on something that like kids have grown up on. And what I actually realized rewatching the first episode is how much this actually looks like that first volume where it's like there's so much packed in to the frames. Um, Adrian Alfana's original line work, he has all of these like posters and teenage ephemera and like the sloth, the sloth baby with the wings. And I was like, oh, this is Sana. This is someone who worked on this comic being like, no, it's not just that we have to get the story right and what it means to be Pakistani and Muslim. We need to actually get what it felt like to read that comic book, whether you were 10 reading it, whether you were 21, whether you were 31, 41. And that's actually what I think is really, really beautiful about it is that this felt like what Miss Marvel feels like to read. Did you, what did you think of when you first saw yeah. this episode? Well, and I think, and I think that's true, especially because of who Kamala Khan is, which is a fan, right? Yeah. She's she, like in the comics, she's like a fan fiction writer. Um, they made her a YouTuber and a, and a <laughs> cosplayer in, in the show, but it's the, the episode starts with like someone doing what we do. And not just like those of us who podcast or YouTube or whatever, but fans of Marvel, things that you do, things that you're the things you watch, the things you're interested in. And that is why Kamal has always been both on the page and in the show, I think, just so immediately just lovable and relatable because you're mm-hmm. just sort of like, oh, it's me. Here I am. You know, it's similar to sort of some of the like Peter Parker, Tony Stark hero worship stuff that they did to introduce Tom Holland's Peter Parker. Um but I just I love that about her. And I think that comes through. And like uh, to your point, one of the things the art, the, the art is so clever uh, in like throughout the throughout the entire Miss Marvel thing, but especially in those early uh, issues, there are all these pop culture references in the background. And one yeah. moment that I loved it, like there's just a guy dressed as Marty McFly, like in class and it's never mentioned on he's just like it sitting behind her and so they put bruno in the marty mcfly like puffer vest and i was just sort of like oh it's like they're just so doing good. the comic it's here yeah. this is what you know it's right here so yeah absolutely love wait it. can i really quick because you brought yeah. up uh kamala khan in the comic book she's she's a fan of captain marvel and just the avengers in general yeah. are we meant to believe in the tv show that scott lang is the only motherfucker who <laughs> who's going what, on podcast, podcast? <laughs> going on a world tour being like guys let me tell you about endgame well he hosts the podcast it's like his podcast okay so that's what i want to ask so he's yeah. hosting it and i feel like he's interviewing all of him it's like Dax shepherd inviting <laughs> all of his friends up to his attic right scott lang calls up every avenger and he's like yo come talk to me on my pod i've got a podcast and I've got, like, of all the Avengers to start a podcast, Scott Lang feels right, right? Like, he absolutely feels right now. Yeah. My question. Mm-hmm. Who is the Joe Rogan of the Avengers? Oh. Who has, who has like, a podcast? Who's like, oof. Uh, oh, man. That's a tough question. Oh, it's, uh, it's John Walker. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> this um, is why this is why I kill me, Joe. This is why I come to you. <laughs> but I think that <laughs> I think that um I would love to listen to Scott Link's podcast. Um who do you think the best guest on Scott Link's podcast has been? Ooh, the best guest? Mm-hmm. Oh, I you know, I think Smart Hulk would be a fantastic guest. Killer. Killer. Because he'd be hungry the entire time. Like, and Scott is just like, tell me all of your science facts. And like, Smart Hulk is like, dude, can you like order me some like Uber Eats? Like, come on, can I get some tacos? Like, what are we doing here? But I also hope that Scott Lang had a lot of backup like podcast equipment because I'm pretty sure Hulk just like would accidentally smash any microphone that came. In oh, front he's of him, right? he's smashing the little Zoom yeah. recorders they yeah. give us. Left and right, left and right. Yeah. So Malakon is from New Jersey, and this is why I love. Like, she's your friendly neighborhood New Jersey superhero, right? Like, very street level Peter Parker. Um, what I love that happens in the comics all the time is like a, a big time hero will come to call to Kamala and be like, um, "No one's coming to help you, New Jersey. No one gives a shit about you. Yes, yes, New York is right across the river, but we don't care." This is Jersey City. As a proud New Jerseyan, <laughs> yeah, I feel like every every person from New Jersey has like. I don't know, like a stick up their ass, a chip on their shoulder because we know we're not New York. Uh-huh. And what makes Jersey City the worst is like you're like 20 minutes away, but you're still not New York. You know what I mean? And that's what I think makes Kamala Khan such an interesting and funny character because Kamala kind of knows it. Like in the comic book, she's kind of like, oh, man, I got to save Jersey City. It's not the most... <laughs> Miles is out there, you know, in Manhattan being like, yo, I'm I'm your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Meanwhile, Kamala, his teammates like, oh man, got a truck back, got it. Well, something that I love about the like small quote unquote like small concerns that they fight in this comic is like gentrification is one of yeah. the you know, it's like stuff like that. Internet bullying like becomes like a real troll, or like the gentrifiers are Hydra. You know, like stuff like that. I I love, and they just like keep it all kind of you know contained. Kamala eventually joins the Avengers. Like she becomes like in the mix because she was so popular. They're like, well, I guess we'll put her on the Avengers. Oh, they put um, her. They put Miles. I mm-hmm. think they put the they put the new Nova. They put mm-hmm. uh. Actually, this was around. I read that Avengers run. This was like, this was really like the diversity initiative. Sam Wilson's Avengers. there. Yeah. Jane uh, Foster's Jane. there. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it would, well, let me tell you, to be on, read some of those messages at that time, be on Twitter on that time. What a oh, racist yeah. time in Marvel Comics. <laughs> I also, we can't, we, we got to say this before yeah. we kind of get into the TV show. I think it's important to know that, like, Kamala also comes out in a time in Marvel Comics where they are going super hard on the Inhumans. They don't have the rights in the movies to the X-Men. So they're like, you know who could be the X-Men in the comic books, actually? Who could be just as popular? The Inhumans. And that failed massively. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because in the, in the comic book, she's an Inhuman. She gets her powers from this Terragenesis mist that goes all throughout the tri-state area. Um, and she has stretchy powers. And in this one, um, they changed up her powers. So yes, if you read the comics, you're like, is she an Inhuman? I'm like, I would... Yes, she is in the comic books. If they make her inhuman in this, I would be so, so surprised. I'm almost 100% they are not going that route. This is where I'm pulling uh, our uh, social media king, Jomia Duran, um, onto the show to talk about 
Kamala's power set here because he's been on this beat for a while. He has some thoughts and feelings about it. Uh, as our resident agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in humans uh, fan, Jomi. Well, you got to, you got to, we'll see. You mean agents of in humans within agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm -hmm. not agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the show in humans. Don't That's run away from it. Things. You like that in human show. Come I on. come on now. See, now you lying. Charles, you lying. Why would you come on here and lie? I saw We're your lockjaw tattoo. I don't know what to tell you, <laughs> it's, man. It's, it's Cap. This, you lying. You trying to get me in trouble with the people. I already <laughs> got enough trouble today, Charles. I don't need this. I don't need this. Um, no. So Kamala, like Charles said, is originally an inhuman. And now inhumans get their powers is through pterogenesis. They're exposed to a, a the pterogenesis mist and they get their powers. And so in the comics... She's exposed to the mist and wakes up and has stretchy, you know, powers. But in, in the human, show, yeah. Can I just say really quickly, in humans, this is like a weird breeding program. Yeah, like, yes. you should say like it's DNA that's just sort of like been seeded into the human population mm -hmm. and then is activated with the mist. Yeah, creepy. Go ahead. <laughs> it's not what you want, <laughs> and yeah, they changed it up for the for the show. My theory, right, is that. You know, they don't, the CGI ain't going to look great, right? And you can't be out here looking funky on the Disney Plus. That'll get you packed up. That'll get you sent home, right? Nobody's going to watch that. Charles, you know what I'm talking about. And then part of it is also, you know, they, you know, Mr. Fantastic is a big part of the MCU, I think, going forward. And so if you're going to do the stretchy powers, you want to maybe start with, oh, boy. I don't know if that's, I, I ain't got no sources. Kevin Feige hasn't told me this personally yet. You know, we have dinner yes. on Friday. Okay. So we might go over it. But right. as of right now, you know, that's just a theory. But yeah, they had they had to switch it up for, you know, numerous reasons. And so far, so good. At least for my opinion. I think that um the Inhumans show on ABC <laughs> uh stinking up the joint. Like, and that was such a contentious thing, right? Because Marvel Studios is gonna make it in humans movie. Mm -hmm. It was they yeah. announced it. It was on yeah. the docket. And then in the like civil war between Kevin Feige running movies and Jeff Loeb running TV, Jeff got control of Inhumans mm. and you know, tried to make fetch happen with Ages of Shield, tried to make fetch happen with its own Inhumans show. I would argue he made fetch happen with Ages of Shield. Oh, we'll right. Talk about that. All right, so, shout uh... shout out Daisy. Um, but um listen, it's 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 a cursed property now, and I don't think they wanted to say the words "inhumans" in this show, despite Black Bolt showing up in uh, Doctor Strange. Wait, can we get, can we also say? I will say, I disagree with Jomi this being because they're going to have Mister Fantastic, and I think it's more so because of the Marvels, where if you have two cosmic powered beings, I'm assuming some of this will take place in space. I do think there is a level of you can't stretch in space or it's going to be very, very hard to do that. We want Kamala like flying around with Captain Marvel, with Photon, and we just got to get, got to get her some upgraded powers. I don't agree with it, but I understand from a movie on the movie side being like, come on, she like, she at least got to be able to do some cosmic power shit. And her, her, like the sparkliness around her powers that, uh, seem to be activated when she puts this bangle on right yeah. um does match like the the visual of carol's powers etc but mm -hmm. yeah. um 
<laughs> so thus far, well, we, we've seen her like blast things out. You know, I don't, I, I don't know what we want to call them yet. Um, <laughs> the pop and, rocks. <laughs> <yeah>. cry, please. <laughs> and then she's and trying. Then, and then the hand stretches out. It's just sort of like a ghost cosmic crystal hand. It's not like yeah. her own hand stretching mm. out. So, uh, full power set TBD. But looks that's rough. Rare. I'm not. Not okay. Look no, bad. Not you think true. it looks bad? That's not true. No, 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 that's no. no. I don't think it looks bad. Here's the thing. I love the TV show, so I can't tell if I'm blinded. Like I have rose colored <laughs> glasses, just being like, I love everything about this TV show. Um, so it didn't look that bad, but there are moments where I'm just like, man, I can't wait for the miss, uh, for the Marvel's budget to kind of like open these powers up. Cause right now uh, at some point. <laughs> okay. I, I will, I will withhold judgment until I see more, but I thought they looked really good for like, cause we see her barely use them and it's yeah. like just at the end of the episode. So it wasn't it's distracting. Like, yeah, it's not even 15 minutes. So I guess. I'm, I'm think, willing to reserve judgment for right now. Uh, Joe and Jomi, do you think potentially to connect this to Carol, that these are like the nega bands, which, um, which uh, the original Captain Marvel had in the comic books, and that potentially her grandmother was Kree, and this is how they're going to be like, OMG, like... <laughs> Like, this is how she's connected to Captain Marvel. That's the first thing when, like, I saw how the bangle moved because when Kamala opens the bangle, it's very, like, alien techie. Mm-hmm. I was just like, hmm, seems like this might be Kree. That's a good thought, actually. I, I really like that theory. My first thought was, is this related to the Ten Rings? Like, what are we, like, what's going on? You know? It's like, all jewelry connected and cursed in this universe. You know, it's a great question. When Wong shows up in the, the season finale, it's like it's sending a beacon. And then Simu Lu shows up. It's like, hey, twins, what's going on? Meet my friend, uh, Captain Marvel. Boom. I just wrote the last half of the show. Jimmy, the way that we are in the Wong era of, of the MCU makes me so happy. Listen, Bring my, Wong in in every show. I need My man's got to get his bag. I respect it. And I love it for him. King Wong. It's right. Phase Wong. It's his <laughs> phase, phase Wong. Um, all right, Jomi's gonna be back at the end of the show with uh with our mailbag. Thank you so much, Jomi, for thank you. Uh, your I've I've just like received so many texts from Jomi about Miss Marvel's power set that I definitely wanted to <laughs> to have him get on the mic about it. Um, there's also like the costuming of a new superhero is always a question, but mm-hmm. there's so much fun territory for that in this episode because we see her like cosplay as Captain Marvel both like her homemade and then her like fantasy idea really super relatable if you've ever cosplayed of like the idea you have in your head of what your cosplay is going to look like your fantasy cosplay and then the reality of your budget like you know spray painted leather jacket um so you've got that cosplay (laughs) you've got that stuff and then you've got um you know, the the clothing that she puts on when she goes shopping with her mom. There's all these, like, elements of clothing in here, but a lot of conversation, of course, about, like, um, modesty and Pakistani-American culture. Um, one thing I love in the comics is that when, when Kamala is, like, when she first gets her powers in the comics, uh, her powers are just polymorphing, just shaping into something else. Yeah. And she shapes into... 
Carol Danvers, Miss Marvel, the original Miss Marvel, because that's who she's sort of like thinking about and idealizing. And she's talking about how she wants the like non-politically correct costume. So yeah. she's in the like short costume with the thigh high boots. She the wants the wedge. She says she wants the wedges and there's <laughs> and, like a Captain Marvel illusion is just like you have a boot fetish, I think. Yeah, that's uh, it's not very practical, but she's like, I want it. So um and then what what she winds up with eventually is something that like is a hybrid of some Captain Marvel stuff and then some stuff from her culture in terms of like the way the clothing, uh, you know, hangs on her body. What did you think of uh, how they worked that they worked it in like just a really small moment? She's sort of like pulling on the pants that she's put together for the cosplay and she sort of picks up the sash and like half ties it around her waist and is like thinking about it. Like, how did, how did all that sit with you? Oh, I think it. I think there was something that was so kind of cute and really, really universal about when when Kamala puts on her cosplay costume. And it's that teenager feeling of like, I always think the best teenage superheroes are the ones that are kind of a metaphor for puberty and what it's like when your body's changing or you're like seeing like it happens with guys or like, oh, those guys look buff I don't look like that like oh my gosh or you see Kamala and she's like turned around and like the the tights or whatever you go like aren't fitting the way she wants them to so she puts on the sash and she's like looking at the popular girl Zoe who's also at the Captain Marvel um cosplay event and I think that that's so I don't know it worked for me because also Kamala is looking at what many in Western society would say is perfection in Captain Marvel. She's looking at this and so much of the comic book is her coming to the realization, like, I don't need to look like that to be a superhero. I, that, yeah. that doesn't need to define me. That's not the only thing that beauty has to be. And I think they did a really, really good job of slowly and honestly more in a new, more nuanced way, weaving in the fact that, yeah, Kamala is only 16. Of course, Kamala would feel really, really, um, weird about like not cosplaying and ending up not looking like Brie Larson, which many of us, me included, do not look like Brie Larson. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I heard on a Celebration podcast that you were working on your butt, Charles. So, I, am, uh... <laughs> I am working on my butt. It is very sore. Yesterday was deadlifted. Okay. All right. But here's, so... can I just say this, Joe? Yeah. Okay. Can I just say this? Uh, I love my partner to death. I love my girlfriend to death. Um, one day I came back very, very sad from the gym. And she's like, why are you so sad? I'm like, no one's commented on my butt yet this summer. And she's like, is that why you're working out? I'm like, no, but it's like one of the sub benefits of it. She's like, I think one day someone will. And I'm just like, this is to make me feel better. Charles is like, I just got to put on a podcast. I just got to get on a microphone and like beg the world to compliment oh, my butt. Yeah. Joe. Joe, this is honestly the only reason I'm at the ringer right now. <laughs> and so people will give me compliments. Like, I'm just like slowly just being like, if I say it enough on the podcast, someone will say something. I love that you talked about the nuance of this stuff with, with uh, Kamala because it like there's the locker room scene where she's sort of, when she's getting ready for pee, she's looking at the other girls. And it's like a very, I've, I'm pretty sure I saw Molly Ringwell do that in like nine different movies in the 80s. Like it's a classic 80s teen movie scene of like my body doesn't look like these other girls bodies in this locker room but like it's just quick it's just quick yeah. and fleeting and they move on similarly some of the stuff with like between uh, Kamala here and her brother 
um, Amir, where the dynamic in the family is that the son, the sons are allowed to do so much more than the daughters. That's a theme in the comics too. And it's like, it's just quickly here where she's talking about when she's told no by her parents, she's like, if it were Amir asking, like, this wouldn't be an issue. And then he has to go sort of bargain on her behalf. And, um, but again, that stuff isn't like, it's not hammered. It's just there part of the furniture and then they just sort of like roll forward with the plot. You know what I mean? Oh, I saw it rereading the comic book. The thing that I actually ended up liking more about the show is that I think like comic book, like American comic books, you only have like 20, 22 pages to kind of get your point across. So sometimes you don't get that level of like depth or nuance. So rereading those first couple issues, I was just like, Oh, her family actually isn't as well-rounded as Kamala or her friends are. And in the TV show, like Amir is like, in the comic books, he's a very, very religious um, type of character. In this, mm-hmm. he he's a loving brother. He's just like, to Kam- he's never like, Kamala, you're wrong. Kamala, no, they treat us the same. He's like, oh no, yeah, this sucks. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna do my best. It's something that I'm like, oh, this is universal. So many brothers, so many sisters would do this to a for a younger sibling. Or there's, they take literally a line from the one of the first issues where Kamala is just like, it's not like I'm going to do cocaine, which is something that she says in those first few issues. But her mother and father in the TV show are just so much more loving and warm. And their concern for her isn't this concern that's like just purely about what it means to be Pakistani or what it means to be Muslim. A lot of it's like what it means to just be a parent and be afraid for your 16-year-old daughter to go out in the world with yeah. like kids you don't know. And I was just like, oh, this is really... This is a really smart way to do it. And just watching the episode twice, I was just like, this is kind of, they added on to the comic book in ways that I didn't think that they would, they would do, honestly. I completely agree. They gave it a lot. They gave those parents a lot of depth while not like changing this lived in, like not westernizing them. They're still, you know, representative of of this family. And I think the, the, to the point about Amir, he is like, he's a fundamentalist in the comics more so than his family is. Um, And I love that there's just like a brief moment in this episode when we first see him and he's praying before uh, a meal and his father's like, enough, like (laughs) put some food in your mouth. And that just like, that tells us like, this is the most religious person in this household is is this man here. So Um, let's talk about my guy, Bruno, Bruno Corelli, the guy in the chair, the cue. Yep. to uh, Kamala Khan here. Um, I love Bruno in the comics so much. And I love him maybe even more in the show. I think he's incredible. I love that with the show, his dynamic with Kamala's family, that like he's essentially a part of the family. He yeah. has a relationship with her mom, with her dad, etc. Um, my guy Bruno, like... Uh, best guy in the chair i don't i don't want to unseat anyone else but like how do you feel how do you feel about him here here's the thing there's with great power comes great responsibility and when he, he basically makes um an amazon like alexa for uh for uh-huh. Kamala's father i'm just yeah. like you madman either you're gonna go work for jeff bezos <laughs> Or you're just going to be one of like one of the good guys fight, like making tech for Kamala. I don't know which one. Like in my heart, I want to say that he will use his powers for good. I also think that, I don't know, the burgeoning love story between those two is just so cute. It's so, 
so precious. Cute. Like when they look at each other and he's just, I will say this, and this is, this is my qualm, not with just Miss Marvel, but with all teenage, like all teenage, like TV shows and movies. I'm like, these teen- teenagers are like way more wholesome than I remember being 16 as. <laughs> like, they're just like way, like everything, like just the way they talk to each other, how loving and supportive they are. I had loving and supportive friends, but also I was just like, 16-year-olds are way meaner than this. I do like that we get Nakia, who is uh, Kamala's other like closest friend in the comics. We get her here briefly in this episode. Uh, Betty against her passing her driver's test. That seems like a, something absolutely my friends would have done when I was 16, right? Just sort of that's, like, I, that's sorry, mean. sorry you failed, but I need to make some money. So that's mean. Here. But like, here's the thing, like the bully in this is a bully because like, she has too many like Instagram followers or TikTok followers. And she's just like, doesn't care about Kamala. And I'm just like, that's not mean. That's more so just like dumb teenage shit. <laughs> it's true. But like the thing I was just talking to someone about this, about like bullying and teen shows and how it bothers me sometimes. I was talking about the show Heartstopper, which is a show that I love. But there's like a bully in that where you're just like, when a bully is a bully for no reason, I'm like, are you are you from this planet? What's going on? The same thing happens mm. sometimes with Stranger Things. Whereas, like, you get a show like Sex Education. There's a few other shows where, like, if someone's a complete asshole, you get to find out why. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, you're a human. Like, I, you know, the cardboard cutout bully shit from the 80s. I'm just sort of like, that's not. Yes, that happens. People are awful and vindictive and terrible. And that absolutely happens as teenagers and adults. But, like. To not ever find out why always bothered me. You don't want to <laughs> like, Biff. I, I want to know. Biff just being an asshole. Just... Yeah, I need to know what's Biff's home life. You know? I don't, because we're going to get an HBO Max Biff spinoff. And I'm just um, like, no. I've already greenlit it. <laughs> it's called Manure. Why does it have to be Manure? And it's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> but I, I uh, Bruno, like, with love and respect to Ned you know, our guy in the chair for Tom Holland's Peter Parker. He's not making a homemade Alexa. Like, that's not. No, not at all. No. Bruno's got like a full workbench. He's, yeah, he, he's, he's got a sewing machine. He, he made, made the photon gloves. gloves. His, Come on. The look on his face when like Kamala left the gloves in the bathroom. I'm like, my guy, I feel so bad for you right now. <laughs> uh, he's down bad, like down all the way bad for her. Like, Ooh, it's, it's rough. It's very cute. Very, very cute. Um, let's talk about mom and dad. You already talked a little bit about like how uh, they've given some depth. And I think some of the depth that they've given to um, Muniba, the mom character, comes from the way in which they seem to have changed the origin story here. We don't know the full origin story yet. That's obviously like a mystery that they're going to un- unveil. You know, she's got the bangles. Something happens. We don't. We don't know. Does she only have the power when the bangle's on? We don't know. Like, we don't know any answers yet. But the bangle comes from her grandma. And her mom says a bunch of really fishy stuff yeah. about her grandma and yeah. about the women in her family and about the past and like that. So now we're involving mom is not just like the disapproving, like, guardian figure. She's somehow involved in the power source. Um, what Do you have any th- early theories about what's going on here? I do have a theory. Uh, Jomi brought up how these powers are very Green Lantern-esque, I think, mm-hmm. before we hopped on. And I think her mom's saying, like, she comes from a long line of people fantasizing about daydreaming. Well, if you're going to change Kamala's powers, if you're going to, 
Mm-hmm. A power always has to say something about you as a character. And if her character is she can create anything that her mind thinks of, that's genius. That is something that you're just like, oh, one of her big weaknesses throughout this entire first episode, whether she goes to uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Wilson, who I loved. Uh, yeah. Cat Daddy Wilson. He's like, hey, <laughs> you got to concentrate. Stay here. Your mom's mm-hmm. like, hey, you're daydreaming. You got to stay with me. Come on. Um, I think that's a very interesting thing if part of that is her family of this this power. The people who are best at using this power are people who are dreamers and can dream of whatever they want. And I think that that's kind of what her mom might be afraid of mm-hmm. is that her mom might end up like her mom or other people in her family who put their lives on the lines as a heroes um, to, to, you know, go stop crime. So that's what I think is happening. And I mean, I love, I, I love that theory. I don't have any, I don't have any answers, like, honestly, but like, I love that idea that her holding Kamala so tight around all of this is out of fear of something. Do you know what I mean? Again, yeah. like like knowing someone's motivation for their behavior is is really helpful to me. And I think I love that idea that you just floated this idea that like the first thing we see Kamala doing in this episode is creating a fantasy world mm-hmm. of heroes and stuff like that. And so if eventually she figures out that the bangle allows her to create whatever she conceives of and whatever she conceives of might be like weird and blue and crystalline the way that her powers seem to be. But like, you know, I think that's so, I think that's really brilliant. There's also this idea with any hero, there's like the split personality thing. I was, I went way down a rabbit hole and started watching Sanaa Manat's, uh Ted talk. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend to people. Um, and she talked a lot about the creation of Miss Marvel and she was talking about her experience post 9-11 as a Muslim woman living in America, et cetera. Um, and the, like the way in which these other versions of you that the media will create or friends or strangers will create of you, how that leads to this like fractured identity. She had this one quote that I love when she says, we allow others to define us, media, friends, family members. We accept a standard of self, not of our choosing. We become a splintered version of the person we are destined to be. So I love all the moments like you, you shout out Mr. Wilson um, or mainly Kamala's mom being like, this isn't who you are. When yeah. Kamala keeps presenting things or she's like, this isn't who you are. Or Mr. Wilson saying various things about right now I see a girl divided, like all of this stuff. all And and that's like so relatable to any teen, but especially a teen dealing with other like prejudices in the water of this, like trying to figure out who you are, feeling split. And like what better way to present split feelings than, you know, superhero identity duality. I think it's brilliant. I'm oh, so I mean. I love that. It's classic, you know, Peter Parker syndrome in terms of like the person that the world thinks I am. is not the person that I want to be. And then the person that I want to be comes at this massive sacrifice. And we don't know what that sacrifice is yet, but we do know that her parents, I do think that there is, it's such a sad moment, but when her mom creates the whole costume for her. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. Eat. He got me. It was hard to watch a second time because I was very bad at Kamala because her dad. Oh, my gosh. He he was so excited. He put green paint in his beard. 
he's going to be washing that off, just tears streaming down. He's like, oh my, my little girl. But I do think that you have to think that why did she, why did her mom and dad choose the Hulk in instead mm-hmm. of letting Kamala be Captain Marvel? I think the Hulk is something where it's like it's goofy and you can hide yourself behind this. And there's this level of we want our little girl to be a little girl and we don't want her. There, there's this fear. I think all parents have like, oh, puberty. Like, I remember going through puberty. Like, this is, oh, gosh, no. What do I, I'm going to do? This child that I have is now becoming an adult. And it's, I think it's very, very funny that Kamala at that time, I think she's embarrassed that she might have to dress up and go out with her dad. But I think there's this also like, why can't I just be who I want to be? Why can't I just present the way I want to present when I go outside? And I think that that's such a universal feeling for anybody. And it, using cosplay as the thing, because like people don't just cosplay because they love these characters. People cosplay because it gives them this level of like control and care and showing the world, I care so much about this thing. Yeah. Like, let me show you. And like, it is very, you feel small when someone, especially someone you love, like your mom and dad is like, actually this thing that you love and spent so much time on, oh, I'm disgusted by it. This isn't you. So I right. just thought that that scene was like beautiful and it made me cry. Cause like, I felt for her parents and a, and a lesser show would have demonized her parents in that. And this show is not like, no, they're trying their best. They're literally trying to meet Kamala, but they just don't know how to do it yet. And I thought that that was just, Oh, chef's kiss. It was perfect. No, it's perfect because like, of course, like you're watching it and you're like, I remember being a teenager. Yeah. Of course my reaction would be Kamala's reaction. Of course that's the reaction. Like hundred (laughs) percent. There's no way I'm letting my dad put green paint in his beard and walk around a convention with me. That being said, oh my God, I almost cried. I almost cried the second time watching that. It was like, it was so upsetting. Can I ask you this? Because when when her dad and her mom came, like as a teenager, I'd be like, oh God, no, no. But now as an older person, I'm just like, oh no, I wish I would have done all of those things with my parents more. Like I like, that's actually the things that like, I see why parents keep making that mistake because I'm like, now that I've grown up and I can't do those things with my parents, I'm just like, God damn, I should have. I just. I know. We all wish we were like cool enough to be like, what? This is fun. I'm having fun with my dad at this convention yeah. center. And like my mom whipped together this costume in like less than 24 hours for both of us. <laughs> like shout out to her. Shout out to her ability to pack leftovers and shout out to her ability to like. So I don't know if she has any powers, but. I think they're just mom powers. It's mom incredible. Of mom of the year. Uh, yeah. And then you mentioned Zoe. I just want to shout out uh, her getting smashed by Mjolnir was, well, we'll talk about the convention and all the <laughs> stuff that we see there, but the giant swing Mjolnir was, was pretty, pretty amazing. Um, there's also a post credit scene, damage control. Any thoughts or feelings about the increase damage control, which we first met uh, in Spider-Man No Way Home. And Agent Cleary, who we first met in Spider-Man No Way Home, is here. There's a new agent, Agent Sadie Deaver, played by Alicia Rayner, who I know from Orange is the New Black, but has been in a ton of stuff. Uh, do you care about damage control? Are you excited they're here? Are you like, Not how enough. do you feel about it? You don't, you don't care. Uh, he's, he's, they're fine. They're fine. Okay. It's, I, I've, been, I've, I've been on a kick today, and I apologize for anybody who listened to The Last Midnight Boys. I think we're getting to a point with comic book characters where everybody's like, are you excited that this person is here? And I'm just like, dog, I didn't, I wasn't excited when they showed up in the comic books. I wasn't excited. I've never been excited for a Morbius comic. I mean, that's my question. Like, have you ever, that was my question. Not like you have to be excited to see every single person ever, but like, I don't know if you're a secret 
damage control fan. Maybe this is like your favorite institution in the Marvel universe. And you're like, hell yeah, damage control is here. All I remember as a kid is like, I grew up in the era where like they were, Marvel Comics was doing like an event every single, every single year. There was Civil War and House of M. And every couple of times they would try the same trick where they're like, all right, we're launching a new damage control comic. And each time the comic book would flop. And I would always be like, no one cares about damage control. No one wants to hear about this cool event. And after the event, here are all of the schmucks cleaning it up. Like, I was just like, no one. All right. So damage control shows up the post credits and, and uh, Charles is like, wah, wah. All right. No, I, lo- I love. Here's the thing. I actually think it's cool that damage control is in this. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think I- I'm just being an asshole, as I usually am on the reference. <laughs> Listen, we all have we all have our roles to play, our birds <laughs> to bear, Charles. Um, I think that I just love Ariane Moyad, who plays Stewie on Succession so much that I'm like, when he, I got like hearts in my eyes when I saw him. I was oh, so excited. Oh, Stewie, legend. Can I, this is not the Midnight Boys, but I do want a quarter flip really quick. Okay. There's a scene with Kamala and, um, and her guidance counselor where he starts singing uh, a song from Mulan. Yeah. Mulan came out in 1998. And when I saw that, I was just like, would someone Kamala's age have watched the 1998 version of Mulan? So it depends how in the tank she is for Disney, right? Because, okay. so like when I was a kid, um, I knew the words to all the Disney songs like from the decades before my time. Just because, like, sometimes if you're like a Disney animation head, like, you but were just these know the classics? Like, what were like what era was this? Like when I like when I was growing up, we're getting like The Lion King and Aladdin, and like you know we skip Hunchback because we don't care, and then like Pocahontas <laughs> is there, and that's very problematic now, deeply. But like I knew the words to like the songs from Sleepy Beauty or Cinderella or Snow White, which came out long before I was ever born. So like. Yeah, you know, but so, so did I. Those were those were also during the time where they kept releasing those VHSes. And if you were in school, it was just kind of true. Like, you just like, have we brought this. We brought this out of the vaults. You have to buy it now, or you'll never see it again. They like put a gun up to the head of Snow White. So um, uh, maybe Jomi, Jomi, are you still on the line? Because Jomi is younger than I am. But like, I don't know if Jomi like cares about Disney songs. Oh, I'm tapped in. Okay. Yo, do you think do you think someone Kamala's age, because you also have younger brothers, do you think someone's mm-hmm. Kamala's age wouldn't know a song from Mulan? Yes. Okay. I think because Mulan, like Mulan, Lion King, Aladdin, those are like the big ones. You gotta you gotta know when those when those pop off. You got okay. To. All right. I mean, it's not the best song from Mulan. Mm-hmm. The best song from Mulan is obviously Make a Man Out of You, uh, but uh, also wildly problematic song. <laughs> Sound deeply so good. Sounds deeply, so good. but it's a <laughs> banger. <laughs> we got to remember she's got an older brother too, and as somebody who's got an older sibling, when they you know put the VHS mm. in the DVD, you just along for the ride. You but know like Reflections, saying? that song that he was quoting, Reflections, like that's it. That's at every Disney karaoke. Like that's a that's True. a Disney girl jam. Yeah, True. like hundred percent. All right, so. I just wanted to I just wanted to make sure it's, a, it's I was, a good it's a good it's a good question. All right, I get really sick and tired when like teens and shows have the same taste. I mean, okay, quarter flip back in your direction. 
uh, Kamala is watching TV for a split second, and it is the TV series Felicity. Uh, she has turned on the TV and it was on, which is not what happens with Felicity anymore. You got to find that on Hulu.com. Um, I've seen many an episode of Bones trying to watch the NBI on TNT. <laughs> right? Like the, like the last five minutes of every episode of Bones is the most interesting thing I've ever you seen. Know how, you know how every case is like yeah. lines up. You, you're like, there just in time for the pun, quick like, wrap up of Bones. Right? Wait, I'm like, what? is Bones going to get with this FBI agent, dude? Like, what's going on? Guys, like, wrap it up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm locked in. So I'm there's sure, no you know, way she's watching Felicity. But wait, am I no wrong? Way. I might. This is not the Ringer Music Show. I might have been dreaming this. Does she have a Strokes poster in her room? Did she? I didn't see it. All I saw was like more Captain Marvel art than I've ever seen. In this my might have been life. another show that also had a teenager <laughs> in it. But a teenager, a teenager had a room on fire poster. And you're like, mm, I'm like, absolutely. I don't think not. you're cool enough. Absolutely <laughs> not. Okay. That's when, not a deep enough cut. When Miles Morales had like a chance to rapper poster, even then I was just like, there's no way he has a chance to rapper poster at this time. A kid in New York is going to be like, absolutely not. Here's what I'll say about the inclusion of Felicity, which I feel is, is a very Gen X uh, millennial cusp show. Um, I know that the kids love the kids. I just sounded <laughs> older than Van in that moment. But I know that the kids love like 90s shit, right? They love 90s stuff, friends, et cetera. So like possibly, but I didn't think Felicity had been swept. Maybe just anyway, Felicity, love Felicity. That was the season one finale of Felicity when Ben kisses Felicity for the first time. I recognized it from the split second of footage. Bolero starts playing in the background. It's great stuff. I just imagine Joanna on her couch. As soon as like the like just a single frame, she does the Leo pointing meme. She's like, I seen it. 100%. Felicity. Here's the thing, exactly and guys. And like. then I went and watched that episode of Felicity. What would be a more realistic <laughs> 90s show? Because I do think Kamala would be like, if she was watching like Buffy, I'd be like, that makes yeah. sense. Dawson's yeah. Creek. I'm like, I can see it. Felicity. I mean, Fel first of all, Felicity rules. Secondly, not, this is nothing against Felicity. No, I know, I know. Secondly, uh, co-created by J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves, two people heavily in the superhero uh, genre so these days, um, which is just like one of my favorite facts about Felicity that a lot of people don't know. Um, but also, I wonder if it's the show trying to tell us that like, hey, we're going to do some. This is a YA show. We're going to do some love triangles. We're going to do some YA shit like we're going to we're getting Felicity on you. Like, I, like, why else is that there? Unless it's just a favorite of someone who's in the writer's room. And they're like, what if we put some Felicity in there? Can we put the scene where Ben kisses Felicity for the first time? Anyway. I honestly want to know if any kids, any kids watching this Marvel, like, will get any of these references. They're like, what is happening right now? I need everyone who's listening to this to let me know if they think teenagers watch Felicity. And... <laughs> Should teenagers start watching Felicity? Another great question. I'll be honest with you right off the jump. I never heard of Felicity in my life. For until real? Like, until three minutes ago when we started having this conversation. <laughs> I've never, I've Harry never, Russell, like, baby. I've never watched like more than like one episode of Felicity. I was more so a seventh heaven type of person. Like, oh, a, really? Uh, it, seventh heaven, like, my parents were weirdly religious. And that show was very, very weird. And they also yeah. liked one that was like Roswell, I think it was called. Yeah. Just definitely. weird shows. Aliens. Yeah. yeah. You were on the WB, but you were on the like B side of the WB. Be very B side. <laughs> very B side. Okay. Dawson's Creek was like a little too horny for my mom. She's like. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, this has been generational check-in with Joey. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the bigger picture in terms of like what they're going to do in TV. We talked about like the ways in which they are very faithful to the comics, but something we should say, and I don't think they're going to do this. I genuinely don't know, but I don't think so. Is Kamala's main antagonist in the first few issues of uh, her comic uh, is like a the brain of Thomas Edison trapped inside a like cockatiel head's body, uh, a body with a cocktail head, right? Called the Inventor. I do not. I straight up do not think they are doing the Inventor in this, yeah. even though they had a couple Easter eggs, like they had like Edison electric sign and a cocktail and like the opening, like on her wall and the art or whatever. Uh, but if they did that, like, do you think they could get away with doing that on this like kind of grounded street level show that they're trying to do? Ain't no way, you know. Ain't no, no way. No. I wish. I I think. I wish, but then again. Knowing kind of some of the budget constraints some of these shows are on, I think they might have dodged a bullet. We know that an actor has been cast to play the character of Kamran, who is like much more of the kind of villain that I would expect for something like this, especially if they're doing a Felicity-esque like love triangle. I, I don't think so. I got to the Kamran stuff in the comic books. Can you okay. can you explain Kamran to me? A uh, really hot guy who's really into her, and then uh uh oh. Like things go badly. Oh, so it's like a, it's like a twilight love triangle between Kamran. Well, he's also an inhuman, but he's not a great inhuman, and he's sort of been playing her. Is the mm. is what happens in the comics? I don't know if they're going to do that in the show. Just because they've cast like Marvel does whatever it wants, and just because they've cast an actor to play Kamran does not mean they're going to do that. But um, but that's the kind like bad boyfriend feels <laughs> like, you know. And we're all sitting at home, like crying tears for Bruno. And um, but like that seems like more of the speed of what this show would be, which I like. Like keep it in the YA realm. Like I think that's kind of cool. Um, but the other question I have is: so they filmed in Atlanta, like the usual places, and then they wrapped shooting in Thailand. And I have no good theories about why they went to Thailand to finish the show. Do you have any thoughts or theories about that? Potentially, potentially. Hit me. We might get a scene set in whatever that realm is uh, with the mm. bangle. Because when she goes back to the bangle, we see a bunch of um, we see a bunch of purple people uh, standing there. And if Marvel loves to do anything, especially like <laughs> around the time that this Marvel was being created, mm-hmm. it is uh, generational superheroes. They Black Panther, Iron Fist, be like. Each decade gets their own version. So I could see that being potentially, I don't know. I could see that being a scene where like she travels inside the bangle or she gets to talk to her grandmother or she gets to talk to like another person who was some version of maybe not Miss Marvel, but was some version of a earthly protector. I like this idea that, you know, the bangle comes in a box with a bunch of other stuff, including a bunch of cloth. And um, I want to shout out, Ryan Airy over on Screen Crush who who theorized that that was like maybe her grandmother's like entire costume is in that Ooh. box. Like her superhero costume is in that box. I was like, I because really I fun. thought that that was might be something that like Kamala might use on her costume, but I like that. I like that more that potentially this is a past costume. I really think I really I would not be surprised if Kamala is Cree. I like, and that's why because it would be very very funny. Cree, but not inhuman. <laughs> 
but not inhuman. Like they will never utter inhuman <laughs> on the show ever. Um, I'm wondering if, like, I don't know. Uh, I like just thinking about what Thailand looks like and thinking about what I know Pakistan looks like. Like, it doesn't feel like Thailand's a good double for Pakistan, but like, who knows? Oh, I, but, I was, I was thinking like potentially this might not even be Pakistan. This might just be like some type of like alien world or something oh, where her like Thailand is an alien world. Yeah. Something. I don't, I don't think a lot that of it, vines. It might be like traveling back in time or it might be like a, this is what the realm inside of the bong, the, the bangle looks like. That's what I was thinking. Um, because there are a few Pakistan flat, like flashbacks to like partition and stuff like that in the comics. Um, okay. Well, please, if you have any Thailand theories, I would like to hear them. I'm just very curious about this. Because as far as I know, Marvel's never shot in Thailand. I think that's such an interesting uh, location to pick. It might have just been that COVID cases were super low in Thailand at the time. Yeah, and they're like, this was safe <laughs> to shoot here. Wait, do we think this was, fil- this was filmed in Atlanta, right? Mostly, yeah. Yeah, because when they were going around, I'm like, this isn't Jersey City. Oh, it's not Jersey. My I friend. was like, this is not Jersey City. No, that's a, back, that's a back lot. Um, but something I do love about the the comic and the show is like uh the circle Q, which is like uh where Bruno works. Like the fact that a bodega is the like central hang for this show yeah. feels very tri-state to me, you know? It all feels tri-state. I will I will say this too. Are we getting is Marvel getting a little bit too cute with how much the people in the, inside their universe know about the larger universe. The self refer- the Marvel in its self-referential phase. Yes. The like, okay, tell me. Go, go there, for There's it. a point where I'm just like, I know Scott Lang has a podcast. I know these things. But every single movie, it's just like, I'm like, y'all really, really know a lot about the Avengers. Like, Kamala knows a lot about Captain Marvel. And like, Captain Marvel, from what we know from the last movie, not one of the bigger heroes. She's here one minute and then she's like gone for a decade or two. I'm like, how like how did she become a fan? How does Captain Marvel get got a fucking poster? Like, where's all this Captain Marvel merch coming from? She ain't one of the big Avengers yet. Like, everything that she's did in Endgame is like, honestly, at this point, kind of hearsay. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love that Charles is like, is is Captain Marvel that cool? I don't know. I mean, did she did she come out of space and punch a hole through a spaceship? I don't know. I, I mean, here's there. the thing: they've been trying to make Captain Marvel in the comic books work forever, and like they've done a phenomenal job. No Captain Marvel has ever been cool. Like that's starting from the first one who died from cancer. That's Marvel. That's Carol Danvers. All of them to me are just like nothing characters. I really disagree with you in that I love the Kelly C. DeConnick run on Carol. I think that that shit slaps. Um, I, it's not. It's nothing against any of the creators no, no, on no. it. It's more so just like Captain Marvel has the thing that I hate that superheroes have, where it's just like, oh, their powers are energy stuff, and I'm like, what? They're just like, yeah, they're like energy stuff. And well, <laughs> the problem with Carol is that she's way too overpowered, and so they have to ship her off planet. For most yeah. of the time. Otherwise, she would just solve everything in a snap all the time. Um, but I do love this moment in in the opening when they're trying to sort of like have their meta moment about why it's okay that Carol's rarely on planet. 
just sort of like let her live her life. Can a woman live or something like that? I was like, okay, oh, you no, tried. You funny. tried to explain why Carol is never here. That's fine. You did try. Uh, I just, I just, I don't want to be the wet blanket in the room, but I'm just like, there's no way in the world Captain Marvel in the MCU is going to have this many fans because she's literally on planet for five seconds. No one knows what she looks like. I mean, I think it's true that there wouldn't be like a full Captain Marvel uh, cosplay event at <laughs> AvengerCon, the first annual AvengerCon. Like a Black Widow, sure, but like maybe not Carol. Um, something I love. Okay, so the... the Girls get it done moment from Endgame, which I hate and the boys perfectly made fun of. Like, I think it's stupid. The boys, like, forever made fun of that thing, like, made it hilarious in season two of The Boys. Um, But Kamala is all in on it, right? Like, in yeah. her reenactment of Endgame, she put all, you know. She, Tessa Thompson's up there, you know, like we're putting all the girls front and center. Right. And then she's wearing a shirt, uh, which you could buy, by the way, online. It's a ladies get information shirt. Right. And of it's uh, it's our it's our it's our heroines assembling here. And there's a part there's like a crusty part of me, the part of me that like hates that scene sort of melted away for a moment where I was like, well, if it's important to Kamala, like that's cool. I don't know. Did it did it melt your heart in any way, Charles? So you just like get this out of here? Hell fucking no. <laughs> you wanna know what I did? You wanna know how heartless I am? It My, like, yeah, double iced your heart, didn't it? I'm so heartless. Uh-huh. There's a scene like my girlfriend who does not watch Marvel stuff, like sat down. I guess like she had seen some of the first scenes and she was like, all right, I'll sit down and watch this. And when Kamala's like walking through the high school and trying to get to her lockers and like the cool kids aren't moving. I laughed at the binocular. I was like, nerd, that's you. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. Like, like Charles, would you have thrown a a basketball at some child's head? When no, I was getting the basketball thrown at my head. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, no. I was self-hatred. Okay. Right. No, but now, now that like I'm older and I am a man of the world, I can laugh at nerds on screen and be like, Haha. "Um, you, sir, you co-host a podcast about nerd culture." So Joe, I don't know. Joe, I don't, don't know. let it get. <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to say. All right. <laughs> I want to talk about the visual style of this remote. We talk about all this like creativity stuff, but there's like a whole bunch of like really cool, like part of what like a big part of what makes the show so good is the writing's great lead actress phenomenal find like she's you know newcomer like they really hit gold with her she she crushed it but the inventive visual style of not just like all of her drawings coming to life and all of that stuff the montages the way that the like their text exchange is sort of integrated into the background or there's like one moment where the the budget alexa is like on the fritz and a light bulb goes on over Kamala's head as she gets an idea, uh, which reads very Edgar Wright, like Scott Pilgrim to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that just feels so much more creative than a lot of the other Marvel Disney Plus stuff that we've seen. How did you feel about it? I think that in any other show, I would have been like, oh, too much. Get it off the screen. <laughs> like, I literally would have been like, fuck this. Uh. On this, 
I don't know what it was. A part of my lizard brain that still loves comic books, still loves reading them and loves that tactile feel was like, oh no, this is like perfect. This is like the perfect use of this. Because like, all right, perfect example, like you brought up Scott Pilgrim. It works for Scott Pilgrim because if you've read those comic books, you know so much ease about the self-referential nature of nerd culture and the things we love. And that is the character of Kamala. This is how Kamala thinks of the world. So doing that visually instead of it, usually when I see it in pop culture, I'm just like, oh no, you're like hiding shit. You're like, this is like, you're throwing the filter on. Oh, you need on. to just, like, you need to distract from like ba- shitty writing or like plot holes or yes. whatever. And you're this trying to like, instead yeah. Does the thing where I'm just like, no, this tells us something about Kamala, how she views the world, how she sees things. So instead of it being like, annoying it's something where i'm just like oh no this is cute because i know just by that little thing how kamala's feeling like when she does the text exchange with bruno that her mom said no and like her texts are the stars in the sky from her little nightlight and his is like the um it's painted onto the ground as he's walking back to um his apartment i'm like this is that's what it feels like to text your best friend in high school when you wanted to go do something and your parents said you couldn't that's that's that moment and he captured that so beautifully so i was just like this is what the show needed i think it's beautiful so you love i mean like despite some like bottles of haterade that you were spilling here and there on this podcast like you love this show you really like this show i love this first episode here's the thing I, I, if I can joke with my hatred, that means that I like found stuff. Like that's like that's my love language. I love this episode. Like I really was surprised. Here's the thing: it is very rare that I'm the guy telling Van, like you know, you need to give this a chance. Like you need to give Miss Marvel a chance. It's really, really good. I think actually the thing that it did for me was that I think a lot of my issues with some of the Disney Plus Marvel shows is that I did not really know what they wanted to be. Uh, mm-hmm. It seemed like they, like WandaVision, it seemed like WandaVision knew what it wanted to be. By the end of the last two episodes, I'm like, oh man, you kind of deviated. I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a similar thing. Moon Knight, similar. Doesn't mean they were bad, just means that like they were trying to do a lot. Yeah. Miss Marvel from the first episode, I'm just like, this show knows what it is. This is the highest compliment I can pay it. It gave me like Degrassi, the next generation vibes of like, you know what type of show. <laughs> you want to make a high school kooky adventure, John Hughes type of TV show. And that to me is beautiful because I felt like I was in good hands from the minute the episode started, from the minute it ended. What about you, Jeff? I feel like I haven't seen like this much creative vision from a show since a Disney Marvel Plus show, since um, WandaVision. And then like, I liked the Loki premiere, but, and Loki of course is like a show that I like. But I would say that show meanders in its like uh, identity. This feels, ex- I completely agree with you. This feels like it knows exactly what it is. And it is just like, we're here to have fun. Yeah. Guess what? We're here to have fun. And like, yeah, we're going to give you some time. Yeah, you might get a little emotionally upset when you see Kamala's dad so bummed out that uh, that oh. his daughter has rejected him. But like, we're not going that much deeper you know what i mean and uh i mean i could be proven wrong i've I've only seen two episodes i don't know but like it's a six episode season like i think we know what it is and i am thrilled and i this is what i want from these shows i want Mm -hmm. really distinctive flavors 
of, uh, you know, which is like what it is to open up a comic book. Right. And like, depending on the artist and, and the writer behind it, you're going to get something so different. Marvel has always excelled at that uh, in the comic side and has had here and there some sameness on the film and television side. Yeah. So to see this feels just like really bold and fresh and exciting. And I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, but in terms of like connecting it back to the bigger Marvel world. Okay. Kamala Khan, <laughs> very popular <laughs> character, but she got a huge advantage in her like early run. She got to hang out with two of the most fan favorite characters in Wolverine and Loki. Right. And then yeah. later, like Tony shows up and Carol shows up and miles is there. Like Lockjaw is there. Like all this stuff is happening. It feels like we're definitely going to get a Carol Danvers appearance in this show. Like Brie Larson ha has yeah. to yeah. show up in this show. But are there any other like cameos that you would want to see? Or do you want to keep it pure? Part of me wants to keep it pure because I do think that where these shows suffer is when they try to connect back to the, the, the bigger MCU thing too much. Would it be crazy after after uh, Multiverse of Madness to see Lockjaw? I, I know we, we know we, we, <laughs> they're not going to do in humans. But I was like, they're going to do in humans. But would it be wild? I want Lockjaw, Lockjaw season two. Lockjaw, Miss Marvel season two. <laughs> but I want it. I want him. He's such a good boy. I definitely want him. But I don't think we're doing like riffs in the universe yet. And I love like something I really loved about this show is that it take definitely takes place after Endgame. We saw that in the like opening. But much like Moon Knight, we're not just like constantly dealing with the fallout of the snap. And whether or not that's realistic, yeah. I don't care. I'm just like tired of dealing with the fallout of the snap. They like they did this to themselves. <laughs> they like created this like world wrecking event and I, I it's like with damage control i don't want to spend like the next five years watching schmucks clean up the damage of the snap wait so when's, the, when's that, the last time you think that they can mention the snap before you're just like all right this is we're making a clean break never bring up thanos again i mean they're always gonna like they're always gonna mention the end game battle it's the same with the battle of new york before end game like they're always gonna mention it but like Poor Falcon and the Winter Soldier trying to like actually deal with the socio-political ramifications of like, what if all the borders dissolved of all the countries? And you're like, too big, too big, you went too big. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so like Kamala, like, okay, protect my neighborhood. Make sure this convention that's happening at Camp Lehigh is fine. You know, protect the circle Q, whatever it is. Protect my high school, something like that. I would never protect my high school if I was a superhero. I would never. I never. can't believe they were like, you know what we can handle in the span of a short superhero television show? What if all the borders dissolved of all Oof, the countries? Don't. All right. I don't. Falcon and the Winter Soldier isn't as bad as people remember it as. It was fine. It was fine. Uh, It was fine. Um, <laughs> It was fine. Um, All right. Easter eggs. There's too many for us to get into everything. There's just way too much. Do you want to pick a few of your favorites? Ooh, let's see. All right. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. The Captain Mar- the Captain Marvel uh, Mohawk helmet forever will be one of the dumbest costumes I've ever seen. <laughs> Just one one of the most terrible, terrible. I will say this because comic books have just not been comic books generally American superhero comics are not designed um, with any eye that is not super horny hetero man these people do not know how to design costumes for women Captain Marvel it has a long journey it is something that the Miss Marvel comic books touch upon a lot her costumes have been very bad throughout the years but yeah the worst one has to be the mohawk I fucking it's not the worst one because like at least she had pants when she had the mohawk you know what I mean there's a long time where she's fighting crime with no pants but here's like, the thing here's the thing this is what they tried to do and I know people are gonna get mad because they ha- they love this version of storm but I hate when they do this thing in comic books where you're like you know how we can show that a woman is badass and don't need no man give her a mohawk <laughs> and I'm like guys guys we can do better <laughs> we can do better than this <laughs> the the atrocity uh, mohawk aside the atrocity that is brie larson's endgame uh wig Oof. forever oh. an issue carol i want like a short jaunty haircut for you but that's not it um also i'm just like pre-excited for brie larson show of me like hey kamala khan um <laughs> wait can hey, i also this is, yeah won't be this is light here this is like light hatery. All right, people. I don't know. Uh, you already went really hard on the Mohawk. With, it, like, okay. It me. I think it is sweet. I do think it's sweet that there is like a pride flag on the Wakanda shield as Guardian Pride shirts. Yeah. But. I've always said this. I just think Disney is too cute. Where I'm just like, until y'all put some LGBTQ characters on the screen on the screen that are like in front of us doing the thing, treating them like the nuanced, powerful individuals that they are. All of these nods to it are just kind of like, like like either do it or don't do it. Well, I agree with you in that it better be a promise because so as Guardian Pride, like Thor Love and Thunder is coming out. We've been told that stuff is happening with Valkyrie in that movie. So I, I'm like willing to be like, okay, that's a promise of what's coming and Thor love and thunder, the pride flag on the Wakanda shield. That is like, that's the thing that I texted to the group chat because I'm like, that better be something because that better be a promise of something because they cut that out of black Panther. So you can't cut your queer representation out of the movie and then drape a flag on the shield. So I'm just saying in the upcoming black, various black Panther properties that we're getting, I need some gay shit to happen in Wakanda or else I'm mad about the pride flag on the shield. Because there's a big storyline with the Dora Milaje two members in uh, the Ta-Nehisi Coates on being in love and so much of that run follows those two two characters. Here's the thing. I will be way less kind of annoyed by the pride flag on the Wakanda shield if they're like, no, we are going to do a storyline like this or something similar In the next Black Panther thing, to your point, Joe, if they don't do it, I'm just like, guys, like, no, this is why I hate, because then we're all like, look at Disney. They understand. Like, no. I'm considering it a promise. I'm not like, oh, yay, the rainbow flag is there. That's (laughs) not, that's not the promise. Oh, I didn't think you thought that. That's the promise of something better happen in a future installment. Stop being wusses about it, Disney. Um, I'm going to shout out a few things. Oh, yeah. 
the thank you for saving us memorial that had both Tony and fucking Natasha there. That was very important to me. Like helping to fix the Natasha erasure. Wait, can I also say this though? Yeah. They're really wishy-washy with how much the world knows about the Black Widow. Well, about all of this, to your point, about all of this, my only hope is that Scott Lang is on a podcast every single week being like, and then (laughs) Natasha Romanoff (laughs) fought her best friend and threw herself off a cliff to save all of us. Like, I'm hoping the podcast No, I'm I'm glad Natasha was there, but I'm always like, she's a spy, but the world knows she's an Avenger, but like, how much? Like, but I'm glad that the both of them were best. Finally, if someone wants to buy that Steve Rogers America's Ass uh, fan art for me and send it, <laughs> I would uh, gratefully appreciate it. Thank you so much. Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa. So it's all right for Steve to have America's Ass, but when uh-huh. I'm on the Midnight Boys, everybody <laughs> looks at me for, for like, like I, that's not something that I should be trying for. It's you could be, like, you could be Jersey City's Ass if you want to be, that, like a regional. Joe? <laughs> that bar is so far on the ground I could trip over it okay, okay well I, I declare it <laughs> Jersey City's ass Charles going Mom. on my tombstone great Quotes, Love Jersey City's ass <laughs> <laughs> alright uh, Jomi for a third time I summon you like a gin. I can't believe that Charles you think that you could be you know the, the, the face uh, or the butt New Jersey City. The cheeks. The cheeks. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We're we going we gonna to do better for you, my king. First, we're going to start with Manhattan. <laughs> oh, no. There's too many people in Manhattan. Nah, we're going to get too many give, people in Manhattan. We're going to get your cheeks on Madi- on uh, on the, the Madison Square Garden. You know, Times Square. <laughs> Times Square? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <gasps> you know, then Manhattan's we start- cheeks. I love it. It's, Thank gotta, you for your service, Charles. Got to think bigger for you, king. <laughs> All right, our first question comes from Jeremiah. With this show that is another person to add to the Young Avengers roster, do you think we're going to get a movie or a Disney Plus series? Who do you think will be the next person to be introduced? And who do you want to be next? Joe, do you want to go first? I mean, listen, Um, know about this agenda. You know, I've been preaching this agenda for the jump. I mean, Joe, me, yeah. If you want to, if you want to grab the mic and go. I'm here for it. Well, I think so. We know Kamala's next appearance is going to be in the Marvels. Yeah, I don't know which other person we can add. Like, there's Kate, oh, I I know who they're there's add next. uh Patriot Riri's coming. Ironheart's coming. That's true. Right? That's true. She's coming. So ultimately, like, there's a uh, there's a lot of you know there's a lot of characters that could be in it. We not even thinking about the twins, Billy. Um, and his brother, whose name escapes me right now. Okay. Tommy? The thing about Billy and Tommy. Tommy, Billy and Tommy, yeah. Is ever since they sang their really creepy ice cream <laughs> song. I don't know that I want them. Yeah. No. Oh, no, we got to age them kids up. Them kids is cute. We got, nah. I need, but right, uh, here, I'm going to pitch you guys on something. I need some TikTok stars up in there, bro. Like, come on. Oh, They've no. been introducing most of the Young Avengers in the TV show. We know, I believe yeah. Secret Invasion is coming imminently. Mm-hmm. That's going to be about scrolls. We know that Hulkling, spoiler alert, is half scroll, half Kree. Mm-hmm. Do we think that we potentially get Hulkling or a character reference to be Hulkling in Secret Invasion? 
which is a story about the scrolls coming to invade. Oh, I know about secret scrolls. Yeah, I would love Hulkling in that. We're also getting a new uh, Cassie Lang. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our third. <laughs> so that that begs the question. Here's the thing. Uh, if if I'm being real, I think the thing that the MCU just needs to do is just make multiple Avengers movies. Like, there should be a young Avengers movie. There should be a new Avengers movie. There should be a dark Avengers movie. Just, just give us the movies. If they are going to try to do a Young Avengers TV show on the budget that they are currently producing these TV shows, it's going to be big butt booty cheeks. Like, it's not I don't know. It's, Charles, I don't know what to tell you, my man. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't think people are going to line up to go see the, the Young Avengers on, in the movie theater. I think it's a TV show. I think it's a TV I, show. No. No. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Um, I'm not mad about that. Like, we're going to see it again. I'm not going to be, like, we'll, I'm, I'm not, not going to be sad it. about I'm it. Yeah. Like, I have, like, post-traumatic Defenders syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> like that de- remember the Defenders series where they wasted an entire Sigourney Weaver on like rock. a bullshit TV series that so no one remembers? We can pin that on Iron Fist. I'm pinning all of that on Iron Fist. <laughs> okay. It's his fault. There it's is him. no way. I will say it now. There Worth is it. no way they can pull off a Young Avengers TV series on Disney Plus in this current, in the current way that they're making these shows. I There's don't believe absolutely you. Absolutely no. I don't believe you. I think you're wrong, Charles. I think you're but wrong. I really? Like you I think so they can much. do it. I like you so much. I would vote for you for Manhattan's Cheeks, but I think you're wrong. All right, here's I the thing. Here's think, the thing. How, they gonna, right. how are they going to do all that CGI? Listen. Um, yeah, that's a long pause. That's listen, a long my, my brother and pause. I'm, I'm going to wait to answer that question after I see She-Hulk. Yeah, like, come <laughs> on. After I see what I come see with on. She-Hulk. There's, I mean, there's a lot of time and there's a lot of characters, so it'll be interesting to see are we doing the six episodes, eight episodes, or is it just a Disney Plus movie? Right? Is it like a sure. Disney, Disney Channel original movie? A direct, you know? <laughs> a direct to Disney Plus movie? That's tough for the Young Avengers. You know what I'm saying? But I, I don't. But again, like, there's no. I don't think there's any way they can like. Yeah, man, come come to the theater and watch uh, Hulkling and you know Speed and Here's Wicked. The thing. Like, yeah, and people going? said that. About Shang Chi, people said that about Doctor Bro, Strange. Come on, people have said some, that come about on, man. Ball. Use, use, your, use your brain, use your com, use your brain sense. There's, it's gonna, there's no way. There's no way. It's there's gonna no depend way. on like how much of a smash this show is, right? Like if Miss Marvel's like Kate Bishop is relatively popular. We love Haley, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're considering Yelena Belova because she's a fully adult woman, a young Avenger, <laughs> but like they could. She's popular. And if Miss, you know, if Miss Marvel thing, is popular, it's tough to be like Miss Marvel. You was just in one of the biggest superhero movies of all time. Go, go take your ass to Disney Plus. That's tough. If I'm the agent, but, I'm like, come on, come on. No, but I think they're 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 not making that distinction anymore. I think they're not making that distinction anymore. If like Falcon can go from like a TV series to a Captain America movie back to a TV series, or like you know, Wanda can go back and forth. Like I don't think they're calling they're they're trying to create a new normal world this is not minor leagues yeah but here's the thing you know they doing this with people who are fine like who were previously in the minor leagues like you can't tell they weren't going to tell chris evans like yo chris take your ass to dc plus they could tell that to anthony mackie because they were just like dude like you were the falcon before this like come on man now you're the one disrespecting falcon all right (laughs) (laughs) i I mean ultimately it comes down to like are people gonna like sit and watch this like this content i think there's room for it 
but it's just gonna have to be you know on the Disney Plus budget. And like I want to be clear, like if they make a movie, that's be awesome. After I go to the theater, see Haley Steinfeld on IMAX, I'm gonna say yes. All like, right, go now. take a cold shower, Joe. Like the next you know, I'm not gonna say no. You know what I'm saying? But I just ultimately think this is a it's definitely a Disney Plus series. You know, eight eight to six to eight hours. Of all these people running around, I'm I'm in. I'm tap. I mean, I got this agenda. So like, here, here's know, the thing feel. with how they did She Hulk. I'm really worried about Ironheart's costume. That shit's gonna. We're, uh, listen, we're just gonna have to see what the final render on mm-hmm. She Hulk is. They probably they're probably in the farm, the render farm right now. You know I what am I'm holding out hope. It's Some cooking right now. No slash low expectations. <laughs> it could be great. It's going to be awesome. All right, our next question comes from Peter. Anyone else getting major into the Spider-Verse vibes? Such fun, mixed-medium storytelling. Yeah, I think all, like, all, like, into the Spider-Verse, especially, like, those closing credits that they did for that perfect, exquisite, maybe the best superhero film ever. Um, And then, yeah, all the Tom Holland shit. Like, they're chasing that John Hughes uh vibe but like all that multimedia stuff like if you look at the closing credits for the Tom Holland trilogy uh they look very similar to all of Kamala's video stuff what do you guys think oh yeah they're, I'm, they're definitely getting the vibes i also think that like superhero movies and superhero media are finally learning how to tell teenage stories i think for so long there was the big robin fear of like Nobody's going to take a teenager seriously running around. And I think they're getting that, like, actually, it's not you convincing us that a teenager could be a superhero in live action. It's actually just you having to convince us that you can write teenagers well, and then we will go along for the ride. Uh, That's what people have been doing for generations in the That's what I'm saying. Like, someone, a a friend of mine who's so smart was talking about the show, and he was like, yeah, but it's like, it's a good teen family drama, but I don't know if it's like really a superhero thing. And I'm like, but isn't, aren't the best superhero films have like a core other story that they're telling? Yeah. You know, like we talk about winter soldier all the time because that's like, you know, an espionage thriller that could work even without powers. You know what I mean? And then it's just made better by powers. And so like, this could be a, like my so-called life esque teen family drama or to use Charles's generation Degrassi uh, the next generation or Jomi I don't know what your generation watched teen TV wise I think it was also Degrassi great um <laughs> but like it could be that but then we just put powers on top of it and pa- that's what like Buffy was right like let's take high school's hell but they're literal monsters here so yeah, I don't anyway, see I'm just ag- I'm just violently agreeing with you. I yeah, I I disagree with the fact that like, oh no, but it's not a good superhero. I'm like some of the least interesting shit about Buffy was the vampire slang. It was all of the interconnected um high school hijinks between like who's in love with who, who hates who. Da, 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 da. So, I think they're actually right with this where it's just like it's way more important for you get the high school right and then the superhero shit will follow. Exactly. Yeah. You guys aren't going to believe this, but I've never seen Buffy. I, I think so. I already knew that about you. And someday, I mean, we'll add it to the long list. You're, I've, you're never, I've never finished You're plowing through stuff, Jomi. Like, but also, I don't know if anyone can watch Buffy in 2022. It's tough. Knowing it's everything so I've hard. read, it's tough. 
Like you kind of had to be there ah. <laughs> because now we know too much. <laughs> ah. Time comes for us all. Comes for us all. All right. Our next question comes from Jan. Sure thing, Jan. I picked up Miss Marvel <laughs> Volume One to prep for the show, and it was the best comic I've read since Runaways Volume One. For you, what was the most recent comment that made your head explode emoji? I have a great answer for this. Um, a comic that I just went to my local and picked up two weeks ago, uh, which is Wonder Woman His- Historia. I already mentioned Kelly Sue DeConnick, but they're doing this sort of like Amazon origin story comic book thing, Wonder Woman Historia. And uh, Kelly Sue, I will read anything she writes, but the art in this shit is bonkers. It's beautiful. Like a friend of mine recommended it to me and he's like, I know you usually like to read your comics digital. He's like, get your ass to the comic store and pick up a print copy because the art is so incredible. You're going to want to like have your fingers on it. Um, and it's so good. So volume one, volume two are out. Um, and then, and they, and volume one just like cleaned up um, the comic awards uh, this last year. And I think volume th- and sold out too. You can't, you can't actually get it anymore. And then volume three is not going to come out for a little while. Anyway, Wonder Woman Historia, long story short. Go to your Sorry. local library, check that mm-hmm. thing out, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this question is tougher for me because I read a shitload of manga and I have abandoned American comic books because they've <laughs> broken my heart one too many times. The most toxic relationship in my life. Uh, so I will say for y'all out there, Beastars is a great is a great uh, manga. It is about... Um, Tell me face right now. I'm it's sorry about- to interject, but... I've never seen Joby make that face. Okay, go ahead. Here's the thing, right? I haven't read the manga. I watched the thing on Netflix. It's nuts. It's yeah. nuts. I was not ready for any of that. I was not ready for any of that. Wild. Yeah. Wild recommendation. B-Stars is great. It's about, uh, it's about anthropomorphic teenagers, uh, herbivores and carnivores who have to learn to like live together. Mm-hmm. And like in the first comic book, a carnivore eats his herbivore friends and these animals in drama club have to like figure out who did it and mm-hmm. it's great and a wolf falls in love with a little rabbit. It's- tell that story. Tell, tell the people what no, happens. No, I'm not. No, no, no. Just tell the people what happens. Stars. Huh? Tell the people uh, what happens. If you're below the age of like 13, do not read these stars. But it's a great comic book. I love it. <laughs> it's on Netflix. What do you want me to do? Stop acting me, making me look like a freak. <laughs> It's not. Nah, it's, it's you're never it's gonna wild. win Manhattan cheeks with a with you. You gotta be wholesome. <laughs> gotta be wholesome. Gotta be wholesome. I actually just picked up uh, Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four run. Oh, nice! I got the omnibus of volume one here, and I got volume two right here. Yeah, Still you could just the... throw volume two in. Oh, man, oh. put the Future Foundation, man. I'm tapped in, bro. <laughs> Spider Man, you know the whole thing. <laughs> um, I'm really, I'm really interested to see, you know, the whole thing is like, here lies a member of the Fantastic Four, and you're like, oh my gosh, who dies? But then the other omnibus has somebody missing, and like that's who dies because they're not on the, the cover. You spoiled it for me, thanks, book. But no, nah, I'm really uh, tapped in. Fantastic Four is like, I've known like that was my first foray into the comic book world, so I'm really excited to like get into this like meat and potato story that's very essential to their, uh, to their run. I will also say, like, I don't always say this when we cover comic book stuff, but like, 
go read G. Willow Wilson's like run on yeah. Miss Marvel. Like it's incredible. Um, it went from like 2014, 2019. There's like an interstitial, there's civil war event and like Kamala going off to join the Avengers. But like all of the books that she wrote and a variety of artists uh, worked on top tier. Yeah. Well, I will say the problem that Marvel and American comics have is like Miss Marvel starts out so good. And then there, to your point, are so many forks in the road where, like, if you're reading, you're like, oh, this was from a dumb event. Like, and there's like two chapters where you're like, all right, this is, we could just skip through. There are a few this. of those. I did, like, I, I just did a full reread, and there was a few where I was like, okay, yada, 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 Civil War II. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Invented tension between Carol and Tony. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Tough. Yeah. Are we? I mean, bonus question for me, Charles. You asked this on a on a thing. Are we gonna see uh, Captain Marvel and War Machine? You know, out on a little little date. You know what I'm saying? Getting some uh, ain't no way. in in Paris. Ain't you know, getting some escargot on the Seine. I feel like you have not seen Carol Danvers' haircut. Oh, <laughs> yo, oh, uh, yo! I'm not touching that. I'm not <laughs> in Pride Month. Uh, in Pride Month, I'm not. It's, gay, it's queer erasure. <laughs> oh my goodness! That's as <laughs> out of left field. Oh my gosh! All right, our next question comes from Brandon. That's so funny. Is the lack of Spider-Man <laughs> representation at Avengers Con solely due to the Sony of it all? Or do you think the in-universe explanation is the No Way Home spell? Both. Both. I feel like the No Way Home spell, as like, as sure as I'm increasingly like wondering if Tom Holland is probably going to come back to Sony because they're like, here's all the money in the world. Um, and he's like, sure, I like money. Um, like, uh, <laughs> the way that they ended that movie in a way that, like, they could just shake the etch sketch and Peter Parker was never here is smart, right? Because, mm -hmm. like, if they had to, Tom Holland wasn't coming back, then they don't have to deal with, where's Peter Parker? The same way, where's Carol Danvers, you know? So, I mean, uh, but wait. Yeah. Spider-Man was still on the Avengers. Yeah. Just no one remembers who he was, right? Exactly. Yeah. So he technically is still, like, people could still oh, dress people up. Remember people remember Spider-Man. People would, I was going to say that, yeah. People would still remember okay. Spider-Man. So Spider-Man would still exist. Messy yeah. joint custody of Sony and Marvel, then. Yeah, they're not finna, you're not going to make money off us, Sony. So that's what, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they're like, we'll let you use damage control from our yeah. movie. <laughs> that's it. It was like, no free ads. <laughs> Sony was like, no, nah, yeah. I'm going to just check. According to Kamala Khan, Spider-Man was not in the battle with Thanos. Yeah, right. Arjuna just put in the chat strange references of Multiverse of Madness. Like, he knows right. Spider-Man is Spider out there in the streets. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and Sony Sorry. need the money, too, because Morbius ain't hitting like it's supposed to. Damn. So they tried to do that a second You're not time. Morbin? You're not It's not Morbin Morb? time for me, no. Hell no. It's That's not Morbin time too, for me. Too, too, no. Morb, too Morbius? No. No. No? Not me. You're not gonna get. You're not gonna see me out there in the streets with my Jared Leto T-shirt on. No, that's not. Thirty seconds to more. No, that's not it. I'm not there yet. I'm not there. Yet. But are you gonna get? Are you gonna buy the ladies get information T-shirt? 
what is it? Is that available? Can I can I get that? Yeah, you, you weren't listening, it. Joe. Of course, it's available. I don't. Sometimes Jomi goes to the bathroom and it's okay. He's a human. I can't use the bathroom. I, I can't. I can't make sure my. I can't make sure my work phone is like Joe. In the, in Joe the hasn't heard the latest Midnight Boys, but Jomi, I'm going to be real with how much water you're stealing from Sam's Club. No wonder Bro. you go to the bathroom all the time. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jomi. Do you have a water scheme going on? I don't yes, have a, a water very scheme. Elaborate one. Do we need to call the authorities? So a peek behind the curtain to everybody who's listening. You know, part of podcasting is sometimes thinking on your feet, you know, being you know flexible, right? And one thing I'm good at is improvisation, right? So they asked me a question about diversions, and I went through this whole tale, right? And I just went off straight off the dome. And now the men and boys are concerned about my living situation. <laughs> and if I need fresh water, yeah, it was like, <laughs> I'm just really <laughs> asked a question. Oh my god! And I this took is... it to the nth degree, and they're like, "Jomi, do you are you okay?" This is like if this were a comic book, there would be a little box at the bottom of this panel that would have an asterisk. It's like, <laughs> "See latest Midnight Boys." <laughs> Let's be clear for an explanation. The, the entirety of the Ringerverse are just little ed- editors' boxes. Be like, if you want to know where Stop the Cap came from, listen to <laughs> Midnight Boys. <laughs> We're yeah, if you don't I, know what a quarter flip is, I don't know what to tell you, yeah. man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you had to be there during the Hawkeye run. Yeah. You can't miss an episode. Oh, uh, man. I'm fine, though. I am. My my water situation is good. I was just, you know, look, I haven't slept in 30 hours, right? The brain, I was just, I was just going off instinct, you know? So I think, I think it was, I think it was good. You know? Okay. Let's do one last mailbag question and then you get to take a nap. How about that, Jimmy? <laughs> the NBA finals are on. There would be no sleep for no sleep till Manhattan so cheeks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there guys. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Our last question comes from Maddie. What would your AvengerCon cosplay be? Be really real with you. I am going as Hulk, and I'm taking Kamala's dad with me. And we're gonna have Aww. the best time. That's so sweet. And He's going to dry his little tears. We'll reapply the green paint over his tear streaks. <laughs> and we'll just have a, a ball. I love that. Kamala's love dad's a little bit of a baddie. Like, hey, you want to take me anytime you want. Come on. <laughs> pay my rent. <laughs> ah! All right. <laughs> oh, man. Awesome moment, Charles. Oh, that was wow. Awesome. You are never winning cheeks of anywhere. <laughs> oh, with that man. <laughs> It's all letting it fly today, huh? Right. With, I'm sorry, guys. All I right. would I would go as um Vision, but when he gets the stone taken out of it. Oh, Jesus like busted Christ. vision, like yeah. grayed out vision. Yeah. I kind of love that. That's actually great. Monochrome That's a great vision. idea. That's a nobody, great idea. But let's be clear, nobody at the con would know what the fuck is happening because they never saw it. They would. Vision. Oh. They would never In saw universe. Vision. Yeah. Yeah. Do they even yeah. know they Vision is on the Avengers? That's what I was saying. There I was, was like, Vision cosplay at the con. Ooh. So here's what I'm saying, because in, the, in Spider-Man Far From Home, he's on the in memoriam, right? Like he's in the PowerPoint. But when they was like Natasha and Tony, I was like, no Vision. Yeah. That's, that's tough. Oh, robot right. That's tough. Another black robot brother rights. getting getting left out. <laughs> the brother Vishon. Oh, Vishon. Um, man. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's tough. 
For me, it's like they know what the Guardians of the Galaxy look like. Like there's Drax cosplay there. So do you think Scott Lang is like describing what Drax looks like on his podcast? Hell yeah. Were there cameras oh, in the battle of Thanos? Okay, I'm we're I'm never gonna get over this. All right, uh Jimmy, what what are you what are you wearing? What am I wearing? So um I am like not into like cosplayer costuming. I don't know what it is about me, but like all my Halloween costumes are like stuff I could find in my closet and and wear. And I'm like, look at me. I'm you know, Marty McFly from Back to the Future because I had a red, somebody brought a red vest to the crib that's like two sizes too small. But like I had to dress up as something, right? Oh, uh, yeah. And so I would probably go as T'Challa, but like in like, you know, in civvies, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh. I'm T'Challa, but like, I, you no, know what but I'm like, no, Walking but the street. But better, better is what was your Moon Knight character? It was like Moonshade, right? Oh, Mr. Shade. Mr. Shade. Mr. Shade. Yeah. Mr. Shade is yeah. my favorite thing you've ever invented. That's true. You get to wear your civvies. At the Avengers Con, they wouldn't know. They'd be like, who is this guy wearing all black? Can we? Can you we would tr- explain it. You'd be like, listen, there was a there was a <laughs> Doctor Strange Elvis at the Avengers Con. There was someone who was dressed as Elvis as Doctor Strange. So That's listen. True. You just be That's like, true. listen, they call me Mr. Shade. What can I tell you? <laughs> oh my gosh. That would be fun. And that's Miss Marvel. That is Miss like Marvel. What a wild ride, Joe. <laughs> Guys, what a wild just one last ride. thing before we get out of here. Who do you think had a better podcast today? Us or us or Scott Lang? Um, honestly, here's the deal with Scott Lang's podcast. Make or break on the guest. Yeah. Make or fucking break. It is very guest heavy, and you can tell. Yeah. That. Well, think about it. He can be like, hey, yo, um, you know, like he's just Hulk, come on in. Uh, Evangeline Lily, you know, Wasp, come on in. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, Ayo from uh, Wakanda, come on in. We're going to talk. Wong. I know Wong, but Wong definitely been on the pod. He's been Wong no, he's a guest on the pod multiple times. Yeah, Wong's like, bro, freaking Benedict like, Cumberbatch every... called me and was like, hey, you got to come. Got to get everybody every... from okay, the Sanctums. But not every great hero is a great podcast guest. Yeah. And so I'm saying if like a Koye was on. Fire. That's a dry. No, that's a dry. Nah, she's dry. She's, she's monosyllabic. I love her. She's monosyllabic. Nah, she's got. She's I, got I, Joe, Joe, you've been you've been in the content minds uh, longer than me. Joe, you, I've noticed this about people. Best interviews sometimes aren't the big ones. It's the people who don't got shit. Like they just like, yo, we're gonna shoot Darcy. the shit. Darcy is the best interview. Yeah, right? she, she's like, just like, obviously. yo, what do you want to know? I'll tell I you mean, all the good shit. I mean, she wasn't there at the battle, but I just like I understand if you want an interview about Westview, yeah, that'd be fire. Like that, that would be hot. You know she knows a lot of things. She can talk. She can tell you hidden stories about Thor you never even heard. She can give you a little preview of what's to come for Jane Foster. Darcy can give. But me like the thing, the thing about Akoya, like who I love, she didn't want to do this podcast interview. <laughs> she doesn't even really like Scott Lang that much. She has way more important things to do. That's a dry interview. And that's fine. I, I mean, like, uh, I, I think. Ooh, Luis would be a perfect, perfect guess. You're right. Steve, Steve Allman. <laughs> Ghost on the podcast Zoom. <laughs> Steve Allman is here saying Luis from. Like, I don't know why Luis isn't Scott Lang's permanent co-host on that podcast, by the way. Right? No, they're the Midnight Boys. They're the Midnight yeah. Boys. The MCU. <laughs> <laughs> I think Okoye would, like. Definitely try to protect Wakanda's secrets for show. Like when he asked about Wakanda's, be like, I can either confirm nor deny the, uh, you know, the answer to that question. 
But if he was like, hey, man, how was this? Like, hey, it was crazy, man. You know, Scarlet Witch was out there messing with it. You know I'm saying it was me. I had Mantis on one side. I had Wasp on the other side. We was Where was she the hand. whole time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. You know, she got she got bats. She, she got, got a few, she got a She got a few jokes. That's true. Yeah. All right. Um, I think we did it. I think we did Miss Marvel episode one. We'll be back next week with Joey will here and Steve will here. Junior Mints line up. Miss Marvel episode. Get two. into formation. <laughs> Get, in. Get in formation. Uh, like I said before, uh, you can right now find in your feed the Midnight Boys talking about <laughs> water question mark and Jomi's <sighs> adventures at Sam's Club. Uh, on Friday, Mallory and I will be here to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Wait, because we care about Obi-Wan Kenobi. We'll be here to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi episode four. Uh, and then uh, Van and Charles and I will be back on Monday to talk about the boys. Um, so that's it. That's the ring reverse. We're full of content now these days. There's uh, something for to everyone. A brimming. Too much. <laughs> to the brim. Oh. Uh, special thanks as always to our general Uncle Paul for his production work on this episode and for Isaiah Blakely for coming in and cutting this all together and making it sound so nice. Nicer, dare I say, than Scott Lang. Hell yeah. Ant Man. Do you ever do you think you ever podcasts when he's tiny? Like tiny? Absolutely like he's Scott trying. Scott Lang. Sitting he's on he's the definitely mic? had some ants on the podcast. <laughs> definitely. Oh yeah. All right. Anthony Anderson. Uh-huh. Anthony. And okay, I I I will bump away for Anthony as the worst <laughs> podcast guest. Um, all right. <laughs> that's that's it for us, and we'll see you next time. Woo! <laughs>